Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Cloud Wars Lab special report, Insurance Industry Innovation and Sales Performance Management. I'm your host, Bob Evans. As the insurance industry continues to evolve rapidly with the help of modern technology, optimized distribution has become a top priority and sales performance management solutions have become essential. In today's discussion, we'll explore these key issues, high turnover rates for agents, customers demanding more self-service capabilities, the essential need for digital transformation, ambiguity in compensation management, and the importance of unified end-to-end -end solutions and processes. To dig into these critical topics, we have three outstanding speakers. From SAP, Lance Sinoit is from the Financial Services Industry Advisory Team. From the partner side, Mugu Ganesan is Deloitte Consulting's Sales Manager for Senior Manager for Sales Planning and Performance. And from the customer side, Horia Puskas is Senior Manager for Commissions from the Cooperators Insurance Firm. Gentlemen, welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this should be a fun discussion. And Lance, let's open this up with you. You get to speak to, you know, hundreds of people in the insurance business every year. So I'm wondering if you could just sort of set the stage, give us an overview of what you think the key issues are right now in the industry, and especially as it pertains to incentives. Uh, Bob, that's a really good question because a lot has transpired in the industry, whether it be property and casualty uh, or life and annuity. Uh, you saw what happened during the pandemic. You know, everyone was uh, on hold there for a while. And then we had to accelerate uh, our technology at a very rapid pace. But for today, I'll just kind of look at three areas. First and foremost, the financials, then the client. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk a little bit about the, the agents. From a client standpoint, we're seeing a generational shift. You know, there's studies out there uh, from a generational standpoint, the millennials are not adopting uh, life insurance as quickly uh, as Gen X, my generation did, and even baby boomers uh, before me. Uh, and we're seeing the same hold true for Gen Z as they're just starting to uh, creep into that there too. So uh, a lot of concentration and effort there, which leads us to the impact on the agents, right? Uh, that is a dramatic shift uh, from when I was an agent many moons ago. You know, Bob, they would hire us uh, they would basically, you know, help us get through training. A lot of that was done on our own, get our licensing. You know, each state is different and unique there, which is a lot of challenges. Uh, but then after that, hey, you know what? Why don't you put together 100 names and phone numbers of your friends, family, and loved ones and get on that phone and let's see what we can get out of it. That can't be the case anymore uh, for this new generation of salespeople. The average sales agent today is around 49 years of age. Uh, we're seeing a, a huge shift uh, with our brokers, uh, trying to find that next generation uh, to manage their businesses for them and transition their business. So a lot of concern there. You know, 83% of agents uh, quit in the first three years, according to Property Casualty 360. So also a huge concern uh, for us as well. So a lot of needs to be done uh, in a lot of different areas. I'm so excited to hear what my friends have to say in relation to this, but excited to go ahead and dive into these topics today. Great, Lance. Thanks for that. Um, so you've outlined some, you know, significant demographic changes, industry changes, uh, different sort of shifts taking place here. So in light of that, and you know, regulatory issues around insurance, it's understandable that uh, insure, insurers have not been able to be sort of on the front edge, you know, with all these crazy bleeding edge technologies coming out. At the same time, there is a need to overcome some of that broad hesitation around 
core digital and cloud solutions such as sales performance management. So I wonder, uh, Muko, if we ask, go to you first and then Horia, what is behind the, some of the hesitation that insurers have had about moving to some of these new digital capabilities? I think, you know, within insurance, um, majority of the insurers still continue to have legacy applications, right? And um, as they are introducing all these new products and services or wanting to improve agent experience or whatnot and being able, wanting to be fast to the market, legacy applications have always been found wanting in terms of flexibility and scalability, right? And when, when the teams had to make do with what they have, they've gone above it and made all these customizations and you know, wraparound solutions and things like that around that core product that, or the legacy application that it now seems a very complex, very complicated to touch. Some of the people who did the original design aren't around. So it's the, there's a lack of knowledge in terms of what exactly is going on behind the scenes. And compensation is a very strategic and critical function when it comes to distribution management, right? And you don't want to mess with your agent's compensation. You don't want, you want to pay accurately and, you know, it impacts their motivation. It impacts retention. I think Lance, you mentioned about agents quitting and compensation is one of the critical factors for why they call as a reason for why they quit, right? They're now seeing compensation as a strategic lever in terms of how you can um, facilitate and um, motivate your, um, your selling force, your sales force, your agents to drive top line growth. Right, so, so I think insurers are now recognizing that there is a need to transform this. They can continue the same path, and um, there is a need to improve agent experience, motivate agents, and continue to provide, um, you know, top of the line um, experience to their uh, sales force. Uh, great, uh, Muga, that's an interesting set of perspectives there. Um, so I want to know, Horia, from your point of view and your work with cooperators, how do some of those uh, those trends and analyses that both Lance and Mugu have have raised, how does that resonate with what you're experiencing? I definitely see an alignment. Um, I, I do want to mention that from a prioritization standpoint, as Lance was mentioning, you see a shift in uh, our user base, Gen Z, Gen X, etc. We now have to focus our attention towards digitizing our platforms more. So you've seen that we're, we've, uh, we've uh, pushed... Um, uh, our digital platform a little bit for home and auto specifically because those are types of products that uh, our new user base wants to use online. Uh, but as Lance mentioned, you see that uh, research shows that there's a reluctance for them to join uh, life as early as other um, generations. You won't no longer have advisors quitting. Uh, so I think it's that shift potentially in uh, within the IT industry, within insurance companies, that probably needs to happen to make sure that you look at digitizing outside of the organization towards the users, but also internally, because that will also reduce costs, errors, et cetera. Will... Yeah, and Hori, can I just follow up on one thing from you? Was there something in there in particular what triggered that change where people said, okay, we do have to make this move forward? For us specifically, advisor engagement triggered the shift mm -hmm. and the need for us to develop our omni-channel strategy. 
in order for us to digitize our systems and ensure that we're um, we're developing a home and auto platform that our user base could use and they're willing to use it, you know, when they're reluctant to pick up the phone and call your advisor the way uh, business used to be done before COVID or walking to an office and now you want to go online and buy your policy online. We had to make changes to our compensation platform as well uh, because now we have digital transactions that are flowing in through those um, through, through that platform. We want to, wanted to make sure we understand how uh, we can uh, identify those transactions, how do we pay for those transactions, et cetera. Um, so that's, I think that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is um, strategy. Uh, our strategy has shifted towards uh, advice-based products and uh, life, wealth, commercial in particular. Uh, with that, there is a clear direction to enable our advisor base uh, as much as we can for them to sell those advice-based products. Uh, and if we can um, allow them to spend less time on home and auto, um, such that um, they have more time to spend on, on advice-based products, then that's a, a really good shift in strategy for us. We've been talking about this bridge in our organization that we're building um, towards, towards the future. And the fact that we don't know exactly where the future is because of COVID, it just, it's, it's very unclear, but we just need to still build that bridge. Eventually we'll see uh, the, the other side of the 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 cliff and then we'll see where we need to build a bridge to yeah hey, but lance and mugo i saw both of you nodding your heads as horia was explaining that now i i think it's interesting right as as horia described it we don't know exactly where the other end of that bridge is going to end up but we cannot just sit still and wait and then sometime in the future rush and hope we can get it all done is that what you're seeing more broadly out in the field and one thing i would underscore though is that advice-based uh, type of approach is going to be key. Uh, but at the same time, we have to be able to get individuals, first and foremost, aware uh, to our industry, uh, and then be able to get them to consider our industry, uh, and then finally be able to get to commit to being an agent. So you have to look at that similar to how you would look at a customer experience and a customer life cycle. You know, that agent life cycle, you have to look at those different stages, uh, and then the onboarding, and then naturally retaining them. And the reason I say that is because this is should be the uh, coolest industry uh, for uh, millennial as well as uh, Gen Y, because why? This can be remote. Uh, this doesn't have to be an industry where we have to be so rigid like we've been in the past. We have the capabilities now uh, to manage individuals remotely. We have the capabilities to provide them the mobile. Uh, no longer the phone calls, we have the capabilities to allow them to leverage their own social uh, media platforms uh, and the individuals there. So really a great opportunity for us. In addition to that, I think where the bridge is going to lead us to kind of goes back to data and being able to go ahead and have that command and single source of truth where you're going to be able to help these agents in identifying first and foremost and personalizing custom, custom messaging to individuals and not only their portfolio and prospects that they're building, 
But how about agents that have left in the past and all the different clients that you've had in the past? Yeah. Muga, how about you? I think, um, you know, going on the same metaphor bridge, uh, one of the things that Horia mentioned was advisor engagement, right? And and it's it's commendable that the cooperators leadership team focused that as, um, identified that as an extremely critical component for their success, right? which, which, which truly is. Um, but in, you know, talking about bridge within advisor engagement, you have advisors that are like more, um, you know, that are more traditional agents who've been there for a while. And you also have these new advisors coming out of college, joining the workforce. And the technology platforms that you have need to sort of like bridge the needs of both these groups of people and all and everyone in between, right? And, um, and you know, we had some challenges trying to do that because you would get feedback when you have conversations with one group of advisors, you get some feedback. And the, what you get from the other advisor group is completely opposite of what it is, right? In terms of reports and whatnot, right? Um, but working with Horia and team, understanding how do we build that bridge? How do we make sure that we build a platform, a solution that um, you know addresses both their needs, give them the flexibility to do things on their own for some some of the more tech savvy advisors, whereas uh, a more sort of like cookie cutter. Uh, out of the box reporting and solutions and dashboards for more sort of like, hey, just show me what I need to know kind of advices, right? I think um, and that has been great. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating times. And now, Hori, I wanted to ask you now about uh, you. We, we chatted a little bit about some of the factors for why insurers had been hesitant, but now it seems like that floodgates of innovation have really opened and lots of things are happening. Could you talk about what's behind that? And particularly, you know, in the area that, that you're so focused on now, sales performance management. Happy to. I think it, it was so important for us to uh, to shift and uh, um, truly embrace this platform. And now we're seeing the benefits. Uh, it, it is flexible, it's scalable. It allows all the products that we needed to pay through uh, this platform and we can add a ton more. There's really no, um, no uh, limit. And imagine, and this has been our issue as well. I, I, I bet it was uh, an issue for other insurers. You're leaving from a either old legacy system or Excel based, whichever uh, solution was implemented before for other insurers. For us, it was an old legacy system that you're replacing. And now you're seeing the true benefits of that platform. The fact that we can uh, truly scale it up very quickly. And we're seeing the need for, for us to do that uh, in the coming year. Uh, we can identify by product, by transaction, how an advisor is paid. We can identify what sales they've done. Uh, there's a lot of data analytics that could be done in the tool as well. Uh, that insight is giving us direction into um, strategy. We use the data to model uh, incentive management uh, plans for, for the future as well. We've got approvals, uh, the ability to to um, identify errors in, in the system and report them, uh, to truly identify the error down to the transaction level. Um, so I, I would say sky's the limit. Oria, yeah. could you go into a little more detail on what some of those benefits that you're seeing, you know, how are those playing out? In terms of uh, 
workflow approvals, for example, um, I'll walk through that for, uh, in the past, there was no approvals. Uh, a rate could be set, but any point in time in the chain, in the approval process chain, without requiring an approval because the system wouldn't uh, um, allow you to do that. Now you've got full approval. So anybody changes the rate, it actually goes back to a central team, they approve it, then it goes up the chain of command that they see that uh, rate changed across uh, all of Canada, across all of the provinces within Canada. Uh, that's one uh, key metric that was extremely important to us. With that comes audit trail as well, right? Because we are uh, partnering with PwC from, a, from an audit, audit standpoint. So we're easily able to just grab all the data from the system, push it out to, uh, to PwC and they could see the audit trail and what, what we do in those, in those situations if we need to. Uh, payment validation. I think that's key. Setting payments in the system was fairly manual in the past. Uh, there's no validation. Now we've got automated validations behind the scenes. And we have millions of transactions. We're talking a million. We, we don't have time to worry about, you know, five, 10 transactions. So you really need that automation uh, and the ability to, for a system to identify out of the ordinary transactions rather than you going through, through them uh, meticulously. Uh, so I would say it saved us time uh, from, from our resources. They could now focus on value added work rather than the repetitive uh, troubleshooting work that needed to be done in the past. Jorge, also then it, you know, say you internally and your team, instead of doing a lot of those repetitive tasks over and over, and I guess from the agent or the broker's point of view, they're out there saying, hey, these people really seem to know what they're doing now. I, I, I like it here. It's predictable. I, I can be comfortable. If I achieve this and this, I'm going to get paid that, right? So some of that uncertainty that they might have felt before, which in some companies probably contributed to that high turnover rate for agents, you were able to, to deal with that. I totally agree with that. I would say peace of mind for advisors. Our advisors are our clients, right? We ensure the advisors and their families and the communities that these advisors do business in. So it's very important for us uh, that our advisors have peace of mind, right? They are uh, not a number to us. They're the engine of copiers. They're the ones that allow us to, um, to shift in specific um, directions from a strategy standpoint, right? So it's really important that we prioritize their needs and their pay. Uh, so for us, their peace of mind was, was top of mind and it's still going to be in, in the coming years as we uh, enhance the, the platform to make sure that it truly is yeah. from an advice-based standpoint, right? Do you wanna shift to sell more life and wealth? Then you may have to hire a life and wealth consultant. Uh, so with the, the tools we have at our disposal, uh, the advisor can make those decisions proactively rather than reactively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a great example. Mugu, um, do you see that too? Uh, the, this, uh, the opportunity to eliminate uncertainty just allows everybody to focus a little more on the things that matter most. And you're able to probably to, you know, turn, uh, cut down a lot on this turnover that's been a challenge in the industry, right? Absolutely. Um, that definitely is a big factor in terms of having that trust um, with the carrier that you're working on. And particularly, um, and, and you know, talking about 
why insurers are, you know, the, the floodgates being open, why they want to continue to, on this transformation path is if you are if you have captive agents is one thing, but you have if you have independent agents in your organization and they are now selling products of your competitors too, guess what are they going to be where they're going to be spending more, most of the time on, where they have that trust, where they have that you know best in class experience, where they have there is absolute transparency and visibility to the compensation, where the compensation plans are well-defined and, and very easy to understand in terms of how they're going to be successful. You have a true competitive advantage here. You have a true competitive advantage in the front, middle, and back office. So for the front office, look what you're doing for your agents. And, and I love how, uh, Jorge, you made mention to they're a part of the community. I always say we have three healths, financial, physical, and mental. And if that financial health is, is out of whack, your mental health and your physical health is out of whack. So we have a huge responsibility to our communities uh, in helping shore them up. Uh, financially. So this gives a competitive advantage to your agents to number one, know, hey, listen, I know how I'm being paid. I know where uh, I'm at in the underwriting process. You know, that was a huge frustration for me. And then from the middle office, your underwriters, they are free to go ahead and make those decisions. And they don't have that tension uh, and frustration between the agents and themselves and being called on by sales managers on a daily basis. Uh, and then finally, the back office, you hit the nail on the head. You're freeing up your resources now to not have to worry about compensation issues and manual reporting, what have you. Hey, AI is coming. You have to be able to free those uh, in, uh, resources up to be innovative. So this is a huge competitive advantage uh, for our clients that are embracing this. So gentlemen, each of you has raised a lot of interesting points here through this discussion. Uh, as we begin to wrap up, I want to ask each of you to offer your assessments right on so the, the insurance industry has come through a lot of challenges dealing with this, getting sales performance management to be part of uh, the core business here that benefits the and clients, it benefits the agents and brokers, it benefits the insurers. What's next on the horizon to be tackled in this area around incentives and sales performance management? Horia, let's start with you and then Mugu and Lance will give you the last word. Gladly. In, in our uh, organization, we're planning to give more insight to the advisors, specifically to incentive management. Here's how you're being paid. Here's the calculation. Here's the data. Um, for those that are uh, that like looking at data, they actually pull these reports. They look in details. They try to find out uh, any gaps and strategy. Strategy is set based off of those uh, those data points. Uh, for those that don't like to look into data, well, there's the reports and the dashboards already available to them, and uh, that insight is is basically um, uh, served to them on a platter uh, to to use it however they want to at their disposal. Um, what I would say, uh, just a word of advice, change is constant. That will not stop. Uh, and just like we don't know exactly when the bridge will end, uh, but we're trying to be proactive. We're trying to diversify our assets. And that's clear to us. So my word of advice is know that change is constant and adapt. Perfect. Thanks, Horia. Mugu? Um, but the challenge is that I think insurance are, are insurance insurers are going to face is how do I prioritize all these different competing priorities across not just distribution but other areas of the organization as well, right? I think that is something that they um, they will have to work on. 
Um, in the past, you know, we insurers have taken piecemeal approach to, okay, I'm going to take this particular area, modernize it, move on, move on, move on, right? But um, when you don't have that interconnected ecosystem where you're looking at it holistically and, and moving the whole thing uh, in the direction forward, um, you're not going to get the full benefit of this cloud platform, these modern cloud platforms, right? You're going to just get that basic uh, table stakes, um, you know, efficiency gains and things like that. But, you know, that end-to-end -end experience that you want to provide to your customers, to your employees, to your agents, it's not going to come together if you don't try and prioritize and manage all of these things at the same time and, and not losing focus um, on all the different areas that you're doing business in. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Mugu. Lance? Yeah, so generative AI, right? This is a major impact, uh, not only for this industry, but for all industries. And let's talk about that front, middle, and back office again briefly here. So from the front office standpoint, both the clients and the agents, their overall experience, right? So you have the customer experience, and then you have the employee experience from the time, like I said, awareness, consideration, uh, commitment, uh, onboarding, retention, and then being an advocate, right? AI is going to play a major uh, factor in each and every one of those areas. Uh, and then from an agent standpoint, being able to go ahead and provide that information uh, in, in a very easy uh, to digest format uh, and be able to increase that engagement, increase that agent productivity. From the middle office standpoint, we already talked about underwriting, but being able to help to reduce and eliminate an awful lot of risk uh, and making their overall decisioning pro uh, uh, easier uh, to do and more productive, more effective, uh, and more profitable for the organization uh, in basically a split second. And then finally, the back office on Jorge's team, uh, helping them to be able to uh, provide uh, data and information for them to readily access, as well as uh, algorithms and uh, messaging uh, back and forth to go ahead and be able to mine that data and provide what's necessary, as well as identify where uh, next uh, compelling events might be for the organization and challenges. Yeah. Yeah, a wild time coming. Uh, and I think each of you has provided some great insights on where the insurance uh, industry has been around this area of uh, sales performance management and where it's headed. So thanks to each of you, Hoya from Cooperators, Mugu from Deloitte, Lance from SAP. Thanks for your very good insights on this important subject. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on this special episode of Cloud Wars Live, Insurance Industry Innovation, Sales Performance Management, brought to you by SAP. Thanks. We'll see you next time.